I don't know how authentic this information is, but there are apparently 92 million selfies taken every day, which is around 4% of the total number of pictures clicked every day. So, this conception of the selfie is relatively recent. It belongs to the smartphone era. But we have had self-portraits go on for a very long time. But what happens when you take a picture of a person in their childhood and combine it with a photograph of them 30 or 40 years later? And that is what this first post is about. The time travel self-portrait. What if you could combine your current self with one from your childhood or teen years would it look like a father son or a mother daughter picture art gelink does interesting things with celebrity portraits he merges their current look with a time difference of decades the effect is mesmerizing while we see ourselves in the mirror each and every day the gradual aging is never perceived like a morph that happens in extreme slow motion anyone with access to photoshop or any image editing software could do it take two pictures of the same person 20 to 30 years apart and combine them there is a sense of freezing time into a frame the celebrities that art gelink photoshopped were so happy with the effect they shared it on their own instagram stream the innovation is that the natural interaction worked into two separate images barack obama jabs the cheek of the child he was ages ago the adult macaulay culkin is almost unrecognizable as the young star of home alone emma watson from the harry potter films has grown into an assured and striking young woman this could be used to create a group photo with the same person at various points in time in their life for once time waits for man or women with most of us using laptops to type practically everything the use of a pen and handwriting is probably getting relegated to school and college or even not even college maybe only to school but have we lost something with moving away from long hand writing and that's the subject of the second post maybe it's time to get back to handwriting it seems regressive with teaching moving to smart boards and interactive lessons handwriting has moved way down in the preferred list of teaching methods it probably needs to be prioritized in a study comparing students who learned a new language in three different ways one set by handwriting another set using typewriters and the third through video instructions the students who wrote by hand outperformed the others remember the time schools made students write copious notes of class lessons on certain days it would lead to cramps and stiff elbows but students were probably absorbing lessons better thankfully writing is still an integral part of learning and that should probably remain the norm but try getting children today to spend time practicing their handwriting and there will be huge resistance typing or even using voice to type is so much easier 
One of the things we need to hardwire is that easy come, easy go applies to learning as well. The work involved in learning a new subject or skill involves effort and that should be underlined. We're trying too hard to make learning easy, removing all the friction points in the fond hope that children will learn more if the process is made easier. That's still a grey area because it's not clear if interest alone will drive understanding. How new concepts are absorbed and retained is still not understood and that is where the focus should be. From handwriting to a leisure activity, which is watching films or movies. These days, practically every family is spending a certain number of hours in front of TV watching some streaming channel or the other. But even they are finding that there are limits to how far they can go. And that's the final post in this episode. The new game at Netflix. Netflix has gotten to gaming. It's another major move for a company that moved from CDs to DVDs to streaming to stay ahead of the market, not just the competition. They started with video subscriptions in a market that made money out of late fees and destroyed the business of one of the most established players, Blockbuster. Even after making a success of it, they moved into streaming technology and outgrew their existing model of mailing DVDs. Within a few years, they scaled this across the world and built an entertainment colossus with over 200 million subscribers. They spend billions on creating new content every year because the assets will continue to attract audiences far into the future. As Reed Hastings once famously remarked, sleep is their biggest competition. So, this move should have been in the works for some years now. Netflix has spent the past half decade building a collection of exclusive TV series based on video game licenses, including animated series based on Castlevania, Dota 2, and a critically acclaimed live-action version of The Witcher. The app to watch movies is already on millions of smartphones. All that's required is to give people the choice to play games as well. And Netflix has confirmed the hire of an ex-EA and Oculus executive. Now, it remains to be seen if they can replicate or seamlessly move into a highly competitive category. Every week, I'll plant a few ideas in your mind on branding, behavior and markets. Triggers for your thoughts. Spread the word to your friends. All you have to do is click the link and enter an email address. And please do keep those comments, views and what you think of this, these podcast episodes coming. Thank you for listening.